back to the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harichu with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great day out there today. We got a bit of a mixed bag from our market today. We started out the morning looking pretty good, but we couldn't hold on to those gains into the close today, seeing a lot of closes near the lows of the day, which is not what you want to see. But what the primary point is here is that tech continued to lead the way. Our only major index finishing positive there, and we also see, saw semis leading tech. Though, so that was probably the most important thing that we saw in today's action is that the laggers on the day were exactly what you would want to see if you're going to see some losses on the day. The primary losers were the defensive areas uh, where people usually rotate, rotate into when they're really worried about the market. Uh, and again, while tech and the semis were able to rally. So I'll get to that in our sector watch here today. Uh, we also got a lot to cover on the economic front, tomorrow's jobs numbers as well coming in. Uh, so let's jump right into that. So this morning, we got the latest PCE price index. Uh, it's the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index. Uh, they love to pick difficult names here. I had to try to say it today because Kip uh, tried yesterday as well. Um, I might have said it a few times before the podcast even. But uh, we came in today with a slight uptick here, roughly in line with expectations. No big surprises one way or another. Um, you know, July's data looked good month over month, coming in slightly better than June, but the year over year number is really what caught some attention as we came in at 4.2% year over year versus the 4.1% in June. You know, still far away from the Fed funds rate where they would like to be, uh, or sorry, where the Fed likes to see inflation, but inflation is that's well below where the Fed funds rate is, which is five and a half percent right now. Uh, so that's what the Fed likes to see, right? Is the, the the their Fed funds rate above the rate of inflation? So the market initially really shrugged that off, really kind of a non-event uh, today for it there. So it was nothing to be overly concerned about. Uh, what what would have had us concerned today is that we saw a big spike in yields on that news. If we started to get inflation data and yields really soared on those days, you know, that's worth digging a little deeper into there. But instead, the 10-year hit its lowest level in about two weeks today, finishing down another half a percent to a 4.09 here in the 10-year. Uh, we expect that to continue as well. And what was also interesting is after this data came out, the CMEs, FedWatch tool, this is something we've been pointing out here a lot, actually showed an increase today in the likelihood of the Fed staying put at their next meeting. On Monday, there was roughly a 79% chance that the Fed would stay put at the September meeting at this 5.5% level. As of today, that's increased almost 10% from Monday to an 88.5% chance that the Fed stays put. Same thing for uh, their following meeting as well. And the December meeting, the chances of a rate cut have actually only increased this week for December. Uh, after the Fed Jackson Hole meeting, the odds for 50 basis points of hikes for the rest of the year were, it was priced in that at least we'd get one 
uh, quarter percentage point hike, 25 basis point hike, and a pretty good chance of a 50 basis point. Those are falling quickly here, at least based off the CME's FedWatch tool. Doesn't mean we can't get a surprise from the Fed. Uh, Jay Powell is an increasingly unpredictable Fed chairman uh, at an institution that's already very unloved. So we'll see what we get from Jay Powell. Uh, you know, and also another thing for this economic data is that after getting, you know, the jobs data we've gotten this week, we saw the ADP miss on Wednesday, yesterday. Uh, so there's a lot of anticipation now for tomorrow's jobs numbers. Now, I would dive in to give you our opinion of what we're going to see, and I will a little bit, but these numbers are just so massively manipulated. All you have to do to really get a glimpse of what that manipulation looks like, everybody focuses on this headline number, but every month these come out, there's revisions and different ways they're calculated. Some states don't even participate whenever they don't feel like it, right? So trying to give an estimate for these numbers is really a fool's errand. Uh, but we think the numbers will come in light like we saw in the ADP numbers yesterday. Uh, but, you know, we don't expect it to be an overly important number tomorrow. Just another sign that the economy is slowing a little bit here. And that's not, to be clear, it's not because the economy is weak per se, but that it is slowing, which means the Fed has done a lot of its job. You know, that's what they wanted. We've seen the demand destruction, whether it's uh, in things that people are buying, uh, housing, obviously, as well with rates at these high levels. Uh, and what we've seen throughout the rest of the world, it's really incredible that the Atlanta Fed now sees Q3 GDP coming in. Uh, where's my note on this? I know I have here somewhere because it just came in today. I believe it was a 5.6% for Q3. I'm just going to go ahead and go with that here. I can't find it in my notes. Um, but with the rest of the world right now, whether it's China or Europe, really looking like they're struggling, at least if you trust the data, right? We talk about that here often. It is so interesting that for years you couldn't trust the data out of China, but as soon as it fits their narrative, you can trust that data. It's a lot like election polling data. As so many people talked about it in 2016 that it didn't trust the polling data. 2020 didn't trust the polling data. But now here as we're looking at the 2024 election, people all of a sudden trust this polling data because Trump's in the lead. You know, uh, we got it today. I'm not going to get too political with this, but it was interesting to see Ron DeSantis actually came in ahead of in the polls from what you see uh, for, I believe it's the Young Republicans National Convention, DeSantis actually leading in the polling. So we might've actually gotten a good poll from that one there. Uh, but again, you know, we, <laughs> we'll see what we get from the data tomorrow. We think it'll be in line with expectations for the Fed to say they've done their job, give them a little clearance there uh, to pause again at their next meeting. Uh, but we'll be reporting on it here. Kip's got the podcast uh, tomorrow here after the close. We'll be writing about tomorrow to VRA members as well. So if you aren't already a VRA member, you'll get the first look at it if you sign up for our 14-day free trial at VRAinsider.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast there as well. With that said, let's take a look here at our market action on the day-to-day. -day. Tech did manage to be our one major index finishing higher, sorry, the NASDAQ, I should say, finishing up just over one-tenth of 1% 1 to 14,034. And it was good to see today, again, the, the 
Socks that you want to see lagging lag today, so that was good to see. And the generals continuing to lead here, all finishing positive on the day at first glance here. Uh, you know, you got Amazon up a big, almost two and a half percent on the day today. Two point one eight final read, uh, about thirty minutes before the close, it was up two and a half. Apple at the highs of the day hit its highest level since August third. It looks like we got another record close here from Nvidia as well, just below their all time high. Did we get a, yeah, right there at a record close there as well. Then we had Google hitting a 52-week high today. And two stocks that we don't really talk about here a lot, but also hit 52-week highs today, Adobe and Broadcom. The stuff Adobe is doing with integrating AI right now, uh, at least the initial prospects that I've seen for it are absolutely incredible. I mean, it's going to revolutionize Photoshop revolutionized imagery, digital imagery. This is going to take it to a whole nother level. I mean, it could be, you could have no knowledge of Photoshop and just tell it what you want it to do to a photo and the AI will do it basically as good as a human would do. I mean, it's going to improve over time, but it is impressive. And the stuff they're doing for video editing as well, very impressive. Uh, but, you know, you may not hear us talk about these names as much. You may not hear them as much in the news. But these are 250 and 350 billion dollars billion dollar companies respectively. So certainly massive companies, you know, can be market movers as well. So good to see this for the overall health of the economy. And as we say here often, new highs beget new highs. So you know, it's been. Uh, let's see here. Next up, after Nasdaq, we had the S&P 500 down about. 0.16% on the day to 4,507. And for the rest of our major indexes here, you know, not what you want to see finishing closer to the lows of the day. Um, but on a kind of slow summer day, which is what it felt like out there. No big concerns here for us. After that, small caps down just under two tenths of 1%. Excuse me. And lastly, the Dow Jones down just about half a percent, a little better to 34,721. Overall, the last few weeks, though, have been a really good rally from the August lows. Uh, I'll point out here, we are starting to get into short-term overbought territory. We still have a lot of room to run before we get to extreme overbought levels. But it is something that to be aware of here um, as we head into another seasonally weak month for the market. We've talked about this a lot throughout August. August and September time frame. Historically, not great months for the market. So if we got a little consolidation here in the next couple of weeks, we wouldn't be concerned about that. Uh, you know, as of right now, we'd see that the lo the lows of August should hold. Uh, but if we did get a little bit of a pause or consolidation, we would be aggressive buyers going into year end here. You know, we said it, you know, a lot this month that if we got a pullback, it'd probably be the best buying opportunity into year end. And we stand by that here. Looking at our internals on the day, we had better numbers earlier in the session, but the market got weaker as the day went on. So did the internals here. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Not big beats here, not by any means, almost almost flat on the day for the NYSE. So really, you know, nothing major there. 52-week highs and lows did manage to come in positive for the NYSE just barely negative for the NASDAQ. Uh, and then lastly here, volume, negative NYSE, 
but we did get positive volume from the Nasdaq, so slight upside there. Overall, kind of, you know, again, the feeling of a slow day today um, from these internals. No, no big beats either way, so we'll take it. Not bad, not bad. Uh, looking at our sectors on the day, so we'll focus here for a second because we got just four out of our 11 sectors higher on the day. It was consumer discretionary, tech, energy, and communication services, which is mostly tech as well. So if we want to see tech leading, we got that today from our S&P sectors. And also, I don't think I've quoted the semis today, which led, they were up four-tenths of 1% to about one-tenth of 1% um, for the NASDAQ. So good to see semis leading. And then to the downside, you'll notice if you take a look at the sectors, it was mostly defensive sectors that finished lower on the day. So we'd much prefer to see those leading lower. If tech was leading lower today, you know, we may be a little bit more uh, hesitant heading into tomorrow, but no big concerns here. So our laggards on the day, healthcare followed by utilities, and then we had consumer staples as well. So again, the defensive sectors. We also saw real estate lower on the day, but the real estate sector is made up of mostly REITs. Uh, so it doesn't really signify the housing market, which I'll point out that the strength in housing continued today. That's what we want to see. We're not so concerned about the real estate sector as we are the housing index. HGX finished up on the day-to-day, -day. not by a lot, but getting back above its 50-day moving average. We also saw the home builders finishing higher on the day as well. So Good to see from both of those. And again, no real concerns from the sector on a little bit of a weaker day than what we've seen recently. Um, finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Mixed day here as well. Gold down slightly, three-tenths of 1% to $1,966 an ounce. Silver down bigger by 1% to $24.48 an ounce. Copper down just slightly as well, three-tenths of 1% to $3.83 a pound. And then oil, big gains today here, up over 2.4% uh, now to $83.59 a barrel, getting back to its recent highs, which is actually, run a quick chart. Uh, if we were able to, the highs, the recent highs were $84.89, so we're at $83.59 here, that would be, if we were able to break above that level would be the highest since about November of last year for oil. This is a group that we do remain bullish on here, uh, energy names in particular. And finally for today, Bitcoin falling today, getting hit pretty hard here, now down over 5% or $1,400 to $25,807. Uh, you know, we had a pretty good move here for crypto. Tough to tell what the exact worry is here, but this was expected today for the SEC to opt to delay the ETF deadlines for Invesco, Wisdom Tree, and Valkyrie. Again, that move was expected given the ongoing SEC attacks. We talked about that on Wednesday as well. The SEC um, lawsuits that were overturned by U.S. Courts of Appeals, uh, they're going to take about the next 45 days to appeal that process. So it makes sense that they would delay these ETF deadlines, at least from their point of view, maybe not so much from our point of view. But what had people interested here and kind of the talk is uh, that they have not yet delayed the ETFs for BlackRock or Fidelity. Coincidence there? 
Probably not. I mean, BlackRock, you know, the largest owner in the world uh, for ETF assets, I believe Fidelity might be number two. Could they be giving the big guys a little bit of the upper hand here? I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't put it past them. We don't know the information here yet, but that uh, is certainly the talk right now. And, uh, you know, seeing these these large institutions being the winners here is doesn't exactly go with the theme of cryptocurrencies and decentralized assets. Uh, these companies don't exemplify that in any way, shape, or form. So you can see why that might have people a little hesitant, but that probably isn't the whole story. Maybe just a little bit of a sell-off um, from cryptos overall after their big pop after that news on Wednesday. But folks... That is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.